0: Welcome to the Thrifty Titans Podcast, your ultimate destination for razor-sharp brand building and media insights. We bring you the wisdom of the most badass founders, media mavericks, indie hackers, and content creators in the whole wide world and help you grow your business and your audience without losing your mind or breaking the bank. Join the ranks of the Thrifty Titans and together... Let's build something extraordinary. Welcome to this very special edition of the UN Incorporated Podcast. I say special because this is our 50th episode. When I launched the show in May last year, I had no clue that it would become such a phenomenon. We are now home to one of the largest community of founders, self-starters, and creatives. So thank you guys. Thank you for everything. We felt it was only right to have on board a long-term patron of the show and that's Mr. Anshuman Das. He is the founder and CEO of CareerNet. Anshuman was featured on the fifth episode of our show back in June last year It was titled The Great Resignation and the Future of Work and I have the pleasure of hosting him back at the U Incorporated podcast discussing about the greater layoffs and of course the future of work. Welcome back to the show Anshuman. Pleasure talking to you, Saikat. A couple of hundred thousand employees have been laid off by tech companies and startups around the world. What do these mean for talent and talent movie?
1: Second, I think what is going through is not new because Mm. as an industry in my last 23 years of experience, this may be the fifth or the sixth meltdown. And I think last time when we were talking about, we were talking about a great resignation story where it was really like, that bit scaling happening up. So I think these are the cycles which keep going in. And I think when you are essentially on the downhill of any cycle, you actually start taking a much more serious look of the ecosystem because on the when you are really on the upside, you really tend to ignore many things. And when the tides are high, uh, you really tend to enjoy right. the float. But when the tides are low, that's when you really have to exert a lot. So I would say that's a phase which is going through and which will mean that people will be definitely over critical, will be far more critical about what they have been doing, what the companies have been doing, and whether this is the right way of building company, whether this is the right way of building business. I think there's a lot of those harder questions, which I believe the talent will talk to the industry and to themselves also. And I think that is a phase which we are going through right now. And probably on one hand, anyone who is laid off, is in distress, Is obviously looking out something very eagerly and desperately. But even the people who are not being impacted, they themselves are also realizing that is this a right way of building things? Is this a right ship to be in? So there is that definite, I would say, overall instability which is coming. And I do believe that, well, will we get consumed by this instability? The answer is no. I definitely believe that there will be a shakeout happening. There will be a meltdown happening. And every, I would say every meltdown has end up producing companies which have taken up the orbit to the next level. So, we firmly believe that this meltdown is happening for a good. And there will be definitely some of the collateral damages will happen. Mm. The, some of the good careers will also, get, I would say, crushed also. But in general, I do believe that I am quite optimistic. I do believe that if you ask me sometime in October 22, right. I did believe that this is a 9-month, 2-12-month phenomenon. But sitting today in yeah. March 22 and uh, March 23 and today's 31st March, if I have to say, this is at least another nine months more phenomenon. So definitely it will take its go- good, I would say, 15-18 month cycle, which we are going through right now, which was definitely not anticipated. And I just hope that the things do not go more south and we do not have more okay. geopolitical issues aggravating this situation. You really look at the core of it, there have been reasonable right. amount of geopolitical right. issues which have been also responsible for creating this situation. And I just hope that if any not any new geopolitical situation comes out, then this is at least another 6 to 9 month phenomena which will both
0: be. As we stand today, looking at this wave of laid off talent, what do you think this will trigger? Uh- sure. So I think my,
1: my theory is general. at right. least four or five things which will happen. First is this whole upstream of mad rush of jobs was a very tech phenomena to a degree and very startup. right? And that phase when it was happening, there were a lot of traditional companies who were actually feeling let out, I think, they are not able to hire very well. And so somebody who has built a very successful conglomerate is wanting to hire a tech talent and the tech talent will essentially go into right. a startup but not a conglomerate. I think there is a reasonable movement and catch-up which some of these conglomerates are And essentially, what I'm realizing is the whole mm, digitalization of the economy is becoming mainstream. So, as a result of that, you will start seeing one of the things is probably a lot of the conglomerates will end up hiring reasonably good amount of talent which they were not hire, able to hire in 2120. That is one shift which we have. Second, if we actually go ahead and talk to lot of investors who do the early seed stage and the series A kind of thing, the deal flow is very good. And you can actually really good set of companies coming out there. In fact, I was uh, with a lot of the investors last evening and they said that, look, we do not see any problem at the seed stage, early c- pre-series A and series A. Good deal flow is there, which means that there's a good proven talent, which is finding that this is the right time to start. They are able to think about the next set of problem. And I think, entrepreneurship is definitely going to take a reasonable, I would say, um, will go up clearly from here. Because there have been reasonably good exits also, if you notice, like the Flipkart exit which happened, and I know there are a reasonably good number of senior guys who are thinking about what the next opportunity is, and they're not in a hurry. They will actually go and take that. Third, I think overall, in general, if you ask me, the salary market really went up. uh, I would say obnoxiously bloated up. It's almost like if you look at, a Series A or a Series B top executive in 2019-20 would be what about hundred thousand dollar? That was a typical average salary in India would be, which has almost gone to as high as about two hundred fifty to three hundred k now for the same Series A early Series B company. So there is nothing which has happened in the three years that why should the salary become three x? So while salary correction may not happen, but there is going to be a reasonable churn which is going to go through. The hikes will not happen bonuses, values will actually be far moderate and even the ESOP value will go down. So, so it will be a lot of tempering of expectations which is going to be there. People, when they were moving jobs, they were looking at 50% to 80% pay raises. I think that's the fourth phenomenon which is going to be essentially, it is going to be back to the same 10 to 20% pay raise kind of a phenomenon. And maybe in this scenario, you may actually see the fifth thing which is to say that people who are impacted may have to take reasonable salary cuts also. So, while we have spoken a lot earlier about will salary cuts happen or not, but I think this time the level of bloating which happened in the salary was unprecedented. So, I would say that it is actually going to be right if people take a pay cut and go there. So, I think these are the four or five things which will trigger because of this whole meltdown.
0: Would it be fair to say that MNCs are becoming cool again? I would always say that, look, the larger companies,
1: whether it is a conglomerate, an Indian conglomerate or a MNC, all of them have been there for quite a long time and they have seen so many cycles. They normally remain the same. Uh, I think it is the talent which essentially tends to change their view and change their goalposts. I don't think mature companies tend to change the goalposts. For them, they typically know that when is it is going to fall. So MNCs are definitely sought after, definitely, and especially in the Indian context, with the dollar escalation happening, the MNCs are finding it far more viable to build teams in India. And obviously, this meltdown is helping them to attract talent in an easy manner. So definitely, you are going to see that 23-24 is going to be the MNC year, if we can say 21 was the startup year of India. So 23 will be the Indian conglomerate and maybe the MNC. I
0: I see. You also touched upon a very interesting point on salaries and how startups... Interesting point on salaries and how startup salaries were bloated. What do you see will happen in terms of the top talent in Indian startups?
1: See, I think it is definitely... One is the acceleration in the pay increase is going to stop. That is going to flatten. And in fact, frankly, what happens is it is very difficult to go inside a company and ask people to take a pay cut. You can always reduce the salary when somebody is changing a job and you can say, look, I will offer this much. You may be getting XYZ in your previous company. I'm not going to offer that. So, so you don't want to... So, you what companies want to do is to start the journey at a right note. Now, the journey is going on. The salary was paid and because the market is bad, you go and say that I'm announcing a 50% pay cut People will expect that it is a pay cut for a certain duration. It is not a pay cut as a temporary. This is not the new normal. They say my normal was that it is a pay cut. I am ready to take a pay cut for, let's say, next six months. But when are you going to restore it back? I think that's the concept that people right. have, tend to do. So, it's definitely a very messy situation. Because what will happen? You have, let's say, a VP of engineering inside the company to whom you are paying about one and a half crore. And you know that outside, I can easily get someone new at one point. Now there is that whole dilemma that it is a thirty-three yeah. percent extra I am paying as engine. Now can you go and ask the person within your company and say that take a pay cut to one year? It is not going to happen. Now does that mean that should you let your VP engineering go and say I will replace it? Because there is no real recipe to say that if I let the guy go and a new person comes in, it will just fit in as it is. There will be a lot of bad blood which will happen in. So. It is not just that the mathematics just adds up like that, right. but the chemistry factor is big. And that's where you will see a reasonable level of messy situation arising in various companies. It will become very heterogeneous. Certain companies, people will believe that this talent is of medium to average quality. Let me go and do a pay cut or let me go and do a hard appraisal and ensure that this, I flush out 20% talent from that. And I hire the remaining 20% talent back in the company at a right cost kind of a thing. Or probably I pay that cost and really push the bar up. Front. So some company will use that method. Some company will say I am doing a pay cut. Some companies say okay I am fine and I will build in this call but the future cost I am going to build at a right place. So there will be heterogeneity which will come in and it's not about that because when the market was going up right. everybody was compelled right. to give hype And they it was yes. only a matter of time who was the first. Okay. But in
0: this case It is not going to be so easy. MNCs have not laid off people, but tech companies that are huge conglomerates have also laid off. So how has the reputation of MNCs as the conglomerates have also laid off? So how has the reputation of MNCs as the stable employer been impacted and how have employers changed?
1: See, reputation in general has not been impacted. See, there have been obviously some of the larger conglomerates and there have been media about Announcing layoffs And even when they have Announced layoffs MNCs to that degree Have been Reasonably m- Far more Absolutely. benevolent employers To that degree In terms of Severance package And everything The transparency yeah. Which they have to break in While they are a little bit Tight-lipped about To the yeah. external world About what they are doing But within the Internal employee ecosystem They are reasonably like. Benevolent to that So I would say MNCs still continue to be A safer bet And I think startups still continue to be the exciting bet, I would say. And probably startups at some point in time became the more rewarding bet also because of the stock inflation and that thing. And that is why the favor got tilted in favor towards the startup. But I think, and this was all built upon the fact that the money supply is unlimited. So obviously with the money supply drying, I think it is very clear that you have to build meaningful companies. And any MNC to that degree has been in the existence for a reasonable time. They have built a meaningful business. So, I would say NCs will always be, I would say, the darling of any prospective employee to that. It's only that some of these startups will keep coming and going. And I think every startup which is building in aspires to become an NC at some point in time. (laughs) That is where the refuge is, technically, if you ask. So, to to that degree, I would say, as in Facebook five years back was running it like a startup. And And today now they are like, (laughs) <laughs> MNC, yes. which is battered very badly, they know how to manage those cycles, but I, and that's why I say that ki the MNC charm will continue to remain in India, irrespective of startups there or not there. And even in twenty one, when startups were really at the peak, I would say right. MNC charm was still there. It was not right. that MNC charm was not there. I think one of the good thing which cycle which has happened is that the whole. At least the larger society has been able to understand what startup is about. Take care. I think somewhere people felt that the startup is a lot about crazy money and fancy stocks and those kind of a thing. I think what is going through is the hard reality. So two things have happened. One is startups have become popular. So no more you have to explain your father-in-law that I have to be in a jazzy building. Do that. At least when you say I am working for a startup the amount of I think the news which got created, I think in general, there is a larger acceptance of people working in startups, which is a good side. The other good side is key. I think somewhere the narrative about saying that a startup is a lot about that jazzy stocks and high salary with no risk. I think what is going through is a harsh reality of startups. So I think both of these things will give a lot of strength to the startup ecosystem. And it will essentially give that level of, I would say, Motor in their foundation that they can actually tomorrow when they become really an MNC, they will really be able to go through that. I think this is a test of fire. This is essentially baptism by fire which a lot of these startups are going through. And that is what will actually make them to MNC when they really come out. And I'm actually happy that this is happening because this is how the startups will evolve
0: out to the next level. All of the tech startups in India have not turned a profit over the past five years. Do you see an inevitable talent crunch in some of these startups as candidates start to realize they are on shaky ground and the candidates look for a refuge in MNCs? Definitely the
1: reputation of startups will definitely be important because today if a startup which has hired and hmm. laid off so many people hmm. in a reckless manner and tomorrow when they again are let's say hiring and they want to go out in the market and hire people they will have a tough time definitely no doubt about it. So you're reputation, your background will definitely come and bite you if you have not done it the right and that's why even with startups who are essentially right now going through this whole churn and meltdown and the layoffs I think the advice to them is key, do it the right way at least have the right communication done at least have the right messaging maybe you may not be able to pay those very hefty severance packets like an MNC but you can have that empathy overall you can actually do it the right way of doing it and that I think will go in long run to ensure that there is no big enmity which is built around startups. So I think what you definitely are going through is a tough time. But in that, what you should ensure is you don't earn the right. you don't lose your goodwill in this. I think that would be the bigger loss which startups will go through. And there are startups I know who handle with a lot of, and then there are startups who are reckless in doing that. The startups who are reckless will obviously will have a issue when they really want to tomorrow.
0: Is there a right way according to you to lay off people? Right way, I always say there is a right way of running
1: company and then there is always you have to have a right way of hiring and then you have to have a right way of letting people go. So because it's not about and if you want to really aspire and build a successful company, I think hmm. fighting is a part of that process. So you should know how to give a bad news. You should know how to build that empathy in that time. You need to know that what are the things you are doing it. And I think, have you done reasonable level of what we call as the first warning, second warning, third warning? Have you done enough to ensure that people are reasonably convinced that this is the right decision? I think it is all boils down cycle to the right way of work. And if you have done the right way of working in, then many a time when you ask people to go, they understand that it is time to go and I think it is better that the ship you lose a person but not the ship overall so I think and there will be always I think you have to also make the person believe that this is not the end of it probably the person may be far more better and productive in some other setup and some other setup may be able to to utilize their skills in a much more bigger manner and the clouds which are there today are not the permanent one they will go maybe it may be a little tough time for the next 3 months or 6 months Maybe the person may not take a one more vacation to that degree or the person who was planning to buy a four-wheeler may just postpone some decision for some time. But it is not, I think, the end of the career because I think startups in general tend to hire reasonably talented people. They have got great talent and I think this is what the startup should make the people believe uh, that, look, it is right for the company. They are talented. It is a situation which is going and if you build that sufficient empathy, then that is the right way to go.
0: How is the definition of a dream company changed? Has the layoffs impacted the notion of what a dream company is?
1: So certainly, I think even with a company like McKinsey asking people to go and McKinsey, if you actually go and see, is considered to be, there is there is a slot yes. in most IAMs yes. called dream yes. slot, dream company slot. and <laughs> They are placed there, which means that technically they are considered yes. to be a dream company for many. Okay. And they have gone through a massive churn right now. So definitely the whole notion about dream company and what is a dream company? A dream company is one mm. where the job is exciting, the company is stable, it's provides a great career growth and probably you end up making reasonable amount of compensation also. So it's a combination of all four where you have got a lot of good culture, mutual respect, a lot of those things. Are so I think the software aspect, aspects like your growth hmm. or your culture those are the things do not change in a company too much they, they do not change with those business cycles what does change is sometimes your pay raises sometimes typically the faster growth in your composition i think those are right. things which do change right? so i don't think dream company as a concept per se will dramatically shift to that degree because i think Uh, While every company have their own boats, every company, but the storm is for everyone. Now, the question is this, how does one straddle that boat? McKinsey has its own boat, Google has its own boat, Facebook has its own boat. Now, and all our dream come, and the storm is there for everyone. Let's look at how every one of them is managing it. So, it's not that one downturn and... The Apple cart will just change the top 10 dream employers today and new 10 will be replaced tomorrow. Mm. I don't think that is going to happen. Definitely, what will happen is ki people will become far more, uh, I would say, aware about asking a few more questions to these dream companies. Mm. And a little bit of change will definitely happen. You will see some companies falling off and some companies, new companies getting in kind of a thing.
0: But it's not a dramatic overnight There is this need for companies to move into a hybrid setup how do you see this tug of war between the security of working for some of these companies versus the flexibility that employees have been demanding how do you see this play out into the future
1: i think the hybrid workforce was bound to happen and in fact the last time i was said that we Full remote and full in-office, yes. both are not the solutions. The answer okay. lies from somewhere in between. And I think when the answer lies somewhere in between, it is for a specific company to discover right. what the method is going to, be, what going to So I think so far, the company is able to showcase and highlight that why this hybrid working and why it works well for them. I think there will be a broader acceptance to that. And in any company, when you pick up, there's always a pool in between and there is always a pool on the right side and a pool on the left side. The pool on the right side is very pro everything I'm okay with. The pool in the between is saying, okay, fine, I have a little bit question. If I have the right reasons to go and do it, I will agree to it. And then there is always a pool on the left side which says, oh, come what, maybe I have to oppose. I'm right. just only worried about it. And so far, the company has ensured that pool on the left side is only 5-10% of it. You have to, I think, at some point in time, go through that cyclic churning process. And maybe this is the time when companies will actually resort to a little bit of those harder measures, essentially. And they'll say that, look, we really can't build in because today when the company is going through a bad term and you are not aligning to the larger philosophy and the goal of the company, then I think probably you may have to look for some other company. Because I think in general hybrid working is the ask from most of the companies. So even if this person has a resistance, which new company, which the person go and say that, look, I'm a fully remote. Because to my understanding, most of the companies which came to the press and said we are going to be remote forever, I think everyone has reversed it. Everyone has reversed it. So I think people have realized the benefit of coming to office, meeting teams and those things. So I think to that degree, this is the time when companies are making that change more hard and insisting on making that
0: and probably this will be the new... So the future work is hybrid as long as it's affiliated to a startup or an MNC.
1: And the other thing, Saiket, what is also happening is there were a lot of things which you used to do which have become remote and I can only talk about, let's say... From our hiring point of view, because we have a hiring firm, we have about 2,000 recruiters which work in our career net company. We hire anywhere about 8-10,000 right. candidates every month. And what I'm realizing that the hiring process, for example, is not fully remote. Almost 90% companies typically right. are doing remote hire. A lot of the business meetings, client reviews, which were transactional in nature kind of a thing, are happening remote. And typically, let's say, if you are doing three days in a week as a overall thing but if you have to go and compare from your original quantum you will realize that it is not actually that it is 40% at home and 60% remote it is actually the other way, it is 60% remote and 40% but there are a lot of other activities which can become totally remote overall. So to a larger degree I would say we have to look at how much of things have become virtual and how much of things have become physical I would say post this COVID there is a reasonable amount of virtual still happening And those are actually, by the way, the new normal. It is not that it is going to change now because I think we are like the third year of COVID where we have seen four wave, right now we're talking about the fifth wave or whatever, but I think people have got used to it now. Today you see the fifth wave has come up. There has been no mention about keep hybrid working, this working, even in the fourth wave. So people have said, okay, fine, it's a part of the parcel.
0: But I think people have at least so that this is the way of life the other major trend that a lot of people are speaking about is the gig economy and the gig worker do you see more startups hiring gig workers or do you think startup founders are still more attuned to having a full-time employee so look
1: gig economy definitely exists at the in a platform company at the whole blue collar level which is the True. uber and the drivers and the whole i think That, I think, is definitely the way which has attained a good equilibrium and that is how it will continue. The other we have seen is at the really top end, where you are more working like an advisor or a coach, where you are a super specialized skill. That is the second area where we have seen the economy. So, I would say a layer point of view, the bottom layer and the top layer. Now, there are certain type of jobs which can be done in the economy and which are happening. And there are certain types of jobs which will not happen in the gig economy. Okay, Like for example, let's say content writing or you talk about, or let's say, digital marketing or you talk about, let's say, somebody in uh, right. tutoring essentially. But they, those, those are the places where you will find that the nature of work is very periphery-driven kind of a thing. You come in, you do an assignment, you go out right. and you move on. So those places you will see the gig economy will rise further. It is only a matter of time that you will if a company has got, let's say, a huge chunk of people which are on their payrolls, you will slowly see that they will right. shift and make a big part. But the typical, which is the code writing job, which is the typical mid-level job kind of a thing, I think that I do believe that the big economy will always be a fringe one. It will right. not going to become mainstream. And that, I think, is still, I would say, an expectation that okay was the expectation rather. The gig economy will become mainstream. But in my own experience, I think it was a lot driven by the demand-supply gap. I think the demand was very high, supply was poor. As a result, people resorted to a scenario where they said, I will essentially be looking in for big economy workers and the people who are totally remote and they were able to do moonlighting also, or they were able to run five right. jobs essentially in parallel. That is a sudden right. spurt happened in that. But once I think the demand side uh, essentially became down, you started realizing that the mainstream jobs essentially went away. And that was the first job which was getting impacted. And now when they got impacted, people realized that, look, I need to have a livelihood. I cannot no more go and do that. And as a result of that, the supply has also gone up. And people are now realizing that maybe it was a very risky one to go and do it. Because anyway, it is no more going to be a fully remote working. It is going to be in hybrid work. So I think because Fully remote working and gig economy right. were feeding to each other very well. With the fully remote working going away and the hybrid working coming in picture, I think there is a reasonable level of breaks applied right. on the gig economy. And if you will look at the data, how the gig economy was growing in right. 21 and in 20, what, what is growing in 23 and what will grow in 24, I think there is a reasonable slowdown That's
0: in that. Right. computer right. And karne ka wo opportunity chala hai log ke
1: definitely and people have realized that ki, look, and in gig economy I think the issues lot of issues have not been resolved yet as in long term continuity of what happens essentially right. assignment gets over so and I think the job insecurity and everything right. is quite high there so I think people are realizing that ki, look the safer bet is a better option look for a full time job I think those are the places where people are essentially converging more. But is gig economy going to wipe out? The answer is no. It is going to remain. Certain jobs categories, it will grow. At the bottom most level, it is there. There will be a certain segment of company which will prefer gig economy. At the top level, there will be gig economy. So there is a reasonable play, I would say, which is going to Got still it. be there.
0: Goldman Sachs released a report that said that AI platforms like ChatGPT could eat up 300 million jobs globally. And close okay. to 20% of work globally could potentially be computerized. How do you see AI impacting how we work in the next five years? Let's.
1: Say? We did a summit in mm-hmm. 2017, which was right. called the Future of Jobs. And we had some of the most eminent dignitaries from, in India from various pockets right. speaking about the event. And we were forecasting about what 2020 is going to be. And that time, right. automation was a big thing. We were talking about how PPO jobs will be wiped out, how call center jobs will go away, how content jobs will go away. The discussion was there when computers came in. The discussion happened so, when internet came in. The discussion right. happened when smartphones came in. This discussion happened when the automation story started and the discussion is still right. around when the AI is happening. In my own belief, the way it is going to happen, it is going to... Definitely make the life easier. In certain pockets, it is going to actually mm. replace some of the jobs. But I think, and people will find ways of readjusting to the new reality. So I think to a larger degree, whatever automation, whatever technology which has come about to a level, I think by and large, right. the humans have adopted to it. And it has helped and made their life much more easier. So, overall, I would say the comfortability index has improved from 1960s to 1980s to 2000 to 2020. So, AI is going to actually make the life more comfortable. It is going to give you far more better decisions. It is going to give you far more better insights. But I think we are underestimating what humans can do. So, probably, I think it will lead to some amount of churn. There will be a new reality which will be discovered. But will it go and each 300
0: million jobs in the next five years? What are the sort of jobs that you see going away because of AI in the next five years?
1: Give a good small use case. We have a interviewing platform where we actually help companies to take interviews for first round and second round right. and screen them very well. About a year and a half back, we brought an asynchronous interview in that, which means that there are five, seven pre-recorded questions which are there. And a bot will ask those questions, will record it and we analyze it. And then we started putting up an AI in that and we started analyzing people's behavior and responsiveness and those kind of things. Now we are building the next AI in that trying. Right? What is happening? And it is creating more jobs. We are actually hiring more data sciences, we are hiring more data analysts and we are on one hand we are finding more jobs which are there. Probably we are not using so much of those interviews which you used to have. We had a pool of 5-10,000 interviews which are there. We are saying, ki, okay, no more that my interview will do a one-hour interview. it right. will do only a 40-minute interview. But the first half an hour interview was done by my AI and a bot and I have got those insights. And the person is now going right. to be far more smarter in asking and conducting that 40-minute interviews right. and a lot will come out. I have right. much more better insight which is there. At certain places, you can say some of the elementary jobs which were the Somebody was putting up and writing notes and analyzing it and Mm -hmm. doing that. Those jobs got over. But new jobs got created overall. Net-net, my business is improving. My customer-centricity is improving. My insights are improving. My quality of service is improving. And probably I'm able to uh, charge more for my customer because I'm bringing more value to that. And I'm able to pay more to my people. And maybe my headcount did not. my business increased overall. And that is how I see any AI will go and impact overall. So, it may essentially eat up some jobs and it may create some new jobs overall. And obviously, things which are very repeated, mundane in nature, those kind of jobs will typically get, but there will be new
0: jobs which will start getting. And on that insightful note, guys, it's a Thank you so much for being on the show again. Anshuman. it was a pleasure hosting you back.
1: Same here, Saikat. It's always been a pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to many more conversations. <laughs>
0: Of course, see you next week for the next episode of the WNCO podcast. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Thrifty Items podcast. I sincerely hope we were able to bring you one step closer to building and growing your venture. If you found our show useful, remember to follow, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple podcasts and share our episodes far and wide. It means the world to me and my team. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at join.thriftytitans.co. We have all the links available in our show notes. Welcome again to the ranks of the Thrifty Titans tribe. We're really excited to have you on board.